had to collect myself after the uh, watching your kids sing Set a Fire in My Soul. I was like, get you in the fields. Well, Bo, Bowen, can you hear me my Bible? Lazy bum. Uh, who's your father? You learned that from somewhere. Uh, <laughs> what flows over the head flows over the body. See, that's everybody just now started to like Family Worship Sunday a whole lot more. Puts Jared in this place. Um, good morning. I. Uh, I'm excited to be here this morning and just in this place at this time. We're going to be reading out of Luke chapter 7 today. Luke chapter 7, verse 34, I believe, is where we start. Um, The kids will already know this story, so they can let you know if you're confused. Okay, they can teach you back. They talked uh, about this last week in the back, and so we're going to uh, explain it to you guys, too. We don't want the parents to be left out of understanding uh, what's going on here in the scripture. So Luke chapter 7, uh, get on your phones or in your Bibles uh, for that. Today's main point is extravagance is the response to extravagance. Extravagance is the response to extravagance. And what does that mean? Well, we're going to put that in the context of Jesus and in the story today. But I don't know about you, but I experienced extravagance last night. Uh, I don't know why we celebrate being uh, part of the United States of America with literally burning our money. I don't know, understand why that's our thing, but it is. Uh, but it's, it, think about what fireworks actually like are, is it is just extravagance. It is the thing like, oh, I don't do anything extravagant, Jared. I don't have too much money. If you blew up fireworks, you got money to burn, <laughs> right? So it's just one of those things. It's, it's, it's extravagant in the, the way. I'm, I kid you not, my, my neighbors, we had, I didn't need to go anywhere. Uh, I had a prime sitting area um, because we had, we had, you could see Joliet's fireworks off in the distance. Some, somebody over here was doing something crazy. Like they dropped 20, 30 grand. I don't know if it was a house or a business or what it was, but uh, it was nuts. And that went on for 30 minutes. This house was crazy. And then their neighbors down here, we saw the line. They had mortar and mortar and mortar and mortar. And then like some special contraption. I don't even know what it was, but it was just and like light up the whole sky with fireworks. It's extravagant. It was nuts. And then across the street, a mariachi band was playing. There's that. Uh, so, you know, we just, but we went, all, everyone went all out for the 4th of July, which meant I didn't have to because everybody else did. So that's great. Um, but it's extravagant. As I started thinking about it, extravagance, uh, the only response to extravagance is extravagance. And I think we respond that way because we are so excited about the freedoms that living in this country gives us. We're so excited, so blessed by being here that we want to blow something up just to say we don't know how else to celebrate the fact that this is a wonderful place to live. I also have another way of showing extravagance today. Yeah. This is a five-pound bar of chocolate. It is an inch thick. 
probably 18 inches long, 2.26 kilograms if you want to know. There's 60 servings in this. Each serving has 21 grams of sugar. I'm looking around for certain kids to give this whole thing to, just to see, see what the parents would do. Uh, <laughs> no. But we're going we're gonna to actually share in the extravagance of this bar uh, after service is over. I'm going to break it at the end of the, of the service, and, um, and we're going to have it out there. And as you leave, you can grab a chunk. Don't grab all of it. But see, I can be extravagant with this, right? But if we take all this, there's 60 servings. That's, that's like a lot of servings. We can break this thing. I don't care if people take a pound. It's okay. Guess what? There's four pounds left over. That's a lot of chocolate. We can be so generous with this much chocolate because this is what? This is extravagant. It is an extravagant kind of chocolate bar. It breeds extravagance. And so we're going to talk about God's extravagance today and what our response to that is because extravagance is the response to extravagance. In this passage, there is this woman, and she basically breaks into a party. So imagine you're having your birthday party, and some stranger walks in. Stranger just walks in your door. Stranger walks in your door, and she starts, she grabs somebody's feet and starts washing them in the middle of your birthday party. This would be a little awkward now, wouldn't it? But this is what, now, in ancient times, Parties were basically community affairs. I could have a party at my house. It'd be like a backyard affair. And if my neighbors came over, even if they weren't invited, it was understood it was fine if they came over. I practice this all the time when everybody starts a barbecue, just walk over and grab a hot dog. Is that something wrong with that? I, I hope not. Uh, but uh, we, we, we just, you just do that. You just, if I'm having a party, everyone's actually invited. There's going to be a guest of honor, but that's just how it all worked. And so this woman found out that Jesus was going to be there, and she took this incredibly expensive bottle of perfume, and she walked in, and she broke it over Jesus' feet, poured out the perfume, and then started weeping over his feet. And then she realizes she doesn't have a towel, and so she takes her hair and starts to clean his feet with her hair. And this is an extravagant display of submission an extravagant display of love. This is pretty crazy. I wear socks and shoes, and no one wants to wash my feet with their hair. Right? Jesus walks in nasty chacos that smell to high heaven and with, with sheep and everything else going around. And she is washing his feet with her hair. Why is this? It's because of its extravagant response to extravagance. Jesus is extravagant in his grace. Jesus is extravagant in his grace. No matter what we've done, he forgives us just as this sinful woman. Luke 7 verse 36. When one of the Pharisees invited Jesus to have dinner with him, he went to the Pharisee's house and reclined at the table. A woman in that town who lived a sinful life learned that Jesus was eating at the Pharisee's house. She came there with an alabaster jar of perfume. As she stood behind him at his feet weeping, she began to wet his feet with her tears. Then she wiped them with her hair, kissed them, and poured perfume on them. When the, when G, the, when the Pharisees who had invited him saw this, he said to himself, If this man were a prophet, he would know who was touching him, what kind of woman she is, that she is a sinner. 
He knows exactly what kind of woman's touching him, and he's okay with that. You have to understand that, that a woman touching a rabbi's feet is, that's a no-no. That is a no-go for launch. We do not do this. This is about as inappropriate as you possibly could be. And then knowing this woman and her past, because everybody in the community apparently is in her business, they're like, I can't believe that's happening. And Jesus is just letting it happen. So what he's actually doing is he's showing a lot of grace to her by not yelling at her. He could have easily thrown her out of the house. He's the guest of honor in this guy's house, and she's touching his feet. He could have shown so much malice and so, so much anger at her and hurt her feelings and put her even down farther. But instead, he restores her in the sight of everybody at that party because he lets this go on. He's just extravagant with his grace. Jesus is extravagant with his salvation. He is extravagant in salvation. It is free and it is undeserved. He goes on to tell a parable. Two people, this is to Peter actually. Peter, what do you think about this? Two people owed money to a certain money lender. One owed him 500 denarii, so that's 500 bucks, and the other 50. Neither of them had the money to pay him back, so he forgave the debts of both. Now, which of them will love him more? And Simon replied, I suppose the one with the bigger debt. You have judged correctly, Jesus said. He is extravagant. It doesn't matter if we have done all kinds of stuff in our past. Jesus forgives us. Salvation basically just means he rescued us. Whatever trouble we got in, whatever junk we got ourselves into, whatever kind of minefield or trap or sticky situation we've got ourselves into, Jesus will rescue us. He is extravagant in his rescue. Jesus is extravagant in new life. New life is this. Jesus is extravagant in his new life, and he kind of gives this woman a new life as well. Therefore, I tell you, her sins may have been forgiven as great her love is shown, but whoever has been forgiven little loves little. Then Jesus said to her, your sins are forgiven. And the other guests began to say among themselves, who is this? Who even forgives sins. And Jesus said to the woman, your faith has saved you. Go in peace. He gives her new life. See, what he has socially done is he has socially said, you are restored. In front of all these people, you are okay. You are forgiven. You are made well again. And so all the people in that room know if they don't respect her, it's the same as not respecting Jesus. Well, you invite him to your house and you're not going to respect him and treat her better? You see how this works? He is is offering a whole new lease on life for this woman. Where she was maybe a social outcast, where she was not uh, thought of very well, where she was treated like dirt on the side of the road. Now she is uplifted and given a new Life. Jesus does the same thing for us. He gives us an, an option for new life. And even more so, Jesus gives us new life in heaven forever. He is extravagant. We don't deserve it. We've done, we, I've never poured perfume on his feet, although I think like these kids singing praises probably smells like perfume to him. 
But he is extravagant in the way in which he, he loves us. He restores us. And he offers us new life. What is our response to this extravagance? Remember, extravagance demands an extravagance response. Extravagance is a response to extravagance. What is our response to be extravagant in our praise? Our praise should be extravagant. I think about this perfume that was broken. It was worth a whole lot of money. It was probably was basically she had her life savings tied up in this alabaster jar. And what does the scripture say? It says she broke it over his feet. She didn't give him a little. She didn't dab it out. You know how like uh, you get an expensive bottle of perfume or whatever. Or I used to get, when I was in high school, I would save up my money and get some uh, Tommy Hilfiger uh, cologne or the, uh, the Calvin Klein one. And you get the little bottle and you just, you wouldn't even spray this thing. You just kind of tip it over real quick and you go, ah, that's all I got. You know, that was worth $5 right there. <laughs> and it was, and you just got a little bit out. And that was for a really, really, really nice date. That's all that came out then. But you, you would just, just do a little bit. Because you didn't want to waste it. You didn't want to spend it. She breaks the bottle and pours it on his feet. You know, if I would have been weeping and gnashing of teeth if I would have broken that bottle of Tommy Hilfiger. Right? That's all, it's all. You can't put it back in the broken bottle. It's giving it all. And I think that's how our extravagant and our praise should be. Praise should not be something that's withheld and, and brought back. It is because of an... Your extravagance, you get an extravagant response. That I'm giving you everything in our praise. So in our worship service or how we conduct our whole day, that our, that our praise is extravagant. If that means clapping or lifting hands or just singing loud or doing whatever we do in worship of God, it is extravagant in our praise. That's why one of the reasons we take our worship service is so seriously. And we think about every moment in the worship service because we want to be extravagant in the praise of God. And we want to do it well. Just as she broke the most expensive kind of perfume and the most expensive kind of bottle over Jesus' feet. Secondly, our response is to be extravagant in our service. Think about how we serve God. If he's been so extravagant to extravagantly save us, to ex- extravagantly extend us grace, and extra- ex- you can't say that word that many times in a row, extravagantly given us new life, what is our response in service? If it, is, it a, eh, is it like Bowen hand me the Bible? Here you go. You want to come get it? Is that how we treat God? Like, oh, yeah, I, I, you did what you asked. Mail it in. Or is it an extravagant response back of service to say, God, whatever you need, whatever, whatever I can do, whatever you want me to be, whatever you want, where you want me to be at, I will do it. What is our extravagant response in service to God? It can't be mediocre. It can't be ho-hum. It can't be run-of-the-mill. It needs to be extravagance because we don't have a ho-hum kind of salvation. We don't have a mediocre kind of of salvation. We have an extravagant one. Finally, to be extravagant in our actions. 
How do we conduct our day-to-day life with the people around us? There's ways in which to be extravagant without money. You can show extravagant love to the people around you in all kinds of different ways, just by the way in which we live our life and our actions. It's kind of like the guy at Texas Roadhouse who opens the door for one lady and then a party of 50 people walk in. And he's like, well, it's already open. Come on in. You know, it's, it's that kind of thing. I, all you wanted to do was to help the one lady with the walker, but now you're stuck and you're, you're doing it. And I always like finding those guys. I'm like, I got it for you, buddy. Go find join your family. You know, it's like, help them out. Because that look like, okay, I can't be mean now, but I'll, okay. Or the best thing, if you see there's somebody doing that and you're standing in line, it's like, hey, that guy's got a party of three or whatever. And you let them go ahead of you. You'll shock them. That's always fun to do. Just a little tidbit. That has nothing to do with today's message, but it's fun. It's extravagant. It is extravagant. When you're doing extravagant things in your actions, how do we live our day-to-day lives? How do we take a mundane action? How do we take just doing the dishes and make it extravagant? How do we do anything to to step it up with our kids? I love doing this. This is one of our—I took one of the worst chores of doing the dishes and the dishwasher and made it extravagant. It is basically monkey time in our uh, kitchen. The kids are up at the cabinets, and we're throwing dishes at each other, and they're putting it away until Kelly comes in the kitchen, and then we, we have to stop. But it's this fun time. We made something that no one wants to do, and we made it extravagant. Did it cost me any money? A uh, little bit. <laughs> but but it, we make it extravagant. And how do we do that with our actions and anything? Because as a Christians, as lives, we've been sold this bill of goods that we can't have fun, we can't smile, we can't laugh. We should be living extravagant kind of lives in our actions. That should be more fun than we are allowed to actually have. We can do this with how we organize our day and how we look for the opportunities. Because such extravagance of grace and of love has been shown to us. We can live lives of extravagance. Now I've got an extravagant kind of candy bar here. It's you're going to get it later. Calm down. <laughs> so, uh, as we, we, uh, as we, we deal with our extravagance, how we deal with that in our own hearts, as we look at how we've orchestrated our lives, how is our praise? If we really asked ourselves, how is our praise? Is it extravagant or is it just, eh? how's our service and how is our actions? These are important questions to ask ourselves as we we organize our lives, as we live out the day-to-day. My mom's going to come forward here, and uh, she's going to give some families uh, some some discussion questions here at the end. You don't have to have kids or just turn to your neighbor if you you don't have a family here. Just good response questions to start asking uh, each other as we leave. I'm going to break the Hershey bar, and I'm going to have it at the back of the room. When you guys leave, there's going to be two slides up here with a bunch of questions. So um, when you get done with the first slide, if your family got done with the first five questions, just kind of wave your hand, and the booth will know when enough people are waving their hands uh, to switch the slides. Okay, can we do that for me? And I'll come back and pray and dismiss us at the end. 168 inches is very significant in every one of your lives. That's because there are 168 hours in your week. Hold it up real high. Real high. There we go. Thank you. (laughs) My dust perception's a little off there. Right here in the middle of the rope is a piece of blue tape. It is one inch wide. 
It represents one hour. That is the hour that you are here in this sanctuary. That is the hour that your children are back in kids' church. That is the hour that represents you coming and worshiping together. There's 167 hours left in the week. And that is when you have a chance to pour into your kids and to pour into one another what the Lord wants you to do. Thank you, kids. I'll take my rope. Let go. Good. You go back. Sit down there on the front for me, okay? I was reminded this week of some research that had been done, and it said that adults who claim to be Christ followers outside of the worship service, 90% of them never speak of the Lord the rest of the week to their families or to their friends. 90%. That means they're relying on that one hour, and that's not biblical. The Bible tells us that we need to be pouring into our kids and into our families. And so what we want to do here in the next few minutes is we're going to put some questions up on the monitor, and I want you to get in with your family, no matter how old your kids are, or with your, just with your spouse, or with the people around you that you've come to worship with, and just talk about these questions that have to do with being extravagant. Last week, kids, we learned how to say the word extravagant. Can you say it real loud? Extravagant. One more time, real big. Extravagant. Yes. And so we're going to just concentrate on that. Take this opportunity. We want you to get used to having these conversations so when a new word comes up or a new experience, you go, you know what? I can speak to my children. I can speak to my husband or my wife, about the Lord in this situation. And it, it becomes comfortable. So can we put those up, Kevin? What does extravagant mean to you? Okay. That doesn't have anything spiritual, does it? It's just leading you somewhere. When has someone done something extravagant for you? And when you think of God, do you think of extravagant? And how is God extravagant to you? Let's go on to the other two questions that are on the next one. Think about what you said extravagant means, and now think of a way you show extravagant love to someone else. How can you do that as a family? Maybe this week. Come up with a plan. How can we be extravagant to our new neighbor or to grandma? Okay. <clears throat> And the last one is, what do you think would happen if we constantly thought about showing God's extravagant love to others? So I am going to give you 15 seconds to get into your little family groups or friend groups or whatever. And at the signal, which you will hear in 15 seconds, you can begin talking about the first question about what does extravagant mean to you. Ready? Go. All right, let's pray. Thank you, God, for this day. Thank you for allowing us to worship together. Thank you for our children. Thank you for our families. Thank you for our loved ones. Lord, as we want to learn to love you extravagantly the way you have extravagantly loved us. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May his face shine upon you all the days of your life. You are dismissed.